This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hi, this is Anne-Marie and welcome to another show. My guest today is Dina Yuan, a well-respected entrepreneur, food and travel critic and journalist focusing on Asian and women's issues. Dina has a multimedia company called Asian Fusion, which encompasses an upcoming television show, product lines and other websites. And adding to her list of successes includes being a published author with three other books in the pipeline. Dina's achievements are very impressive and she certainly worked hard to get to where she is today. And I know that she's an inspiring role model for other ambitious entrepreneurs dreaming about starting their own business. And on today's show, she's going to share how she was able to turn all of her life's greatest passions into one profitable company and how she survived the dramatic trials and tribulations of startup life in Silicon Valley to become a published author, an upcoming TV show host and a product line creator and much more. So let's welcome Dina to the show. So welcome to the call, Dina. Thank you, Anne-Marie. It's great to be here with you. You've been able to turn one of your life's greatest passions into a profitable company and I love sharing success stories because there may be a listener out there today that is thinking, I would so love to do this but for some unknown reason haven't sort of stepped in into uh, to taking action and seeing that through. So do you want to just tell people very briefly today a bit about your journey and how you've been able to do that? Sure. So I actually started off as an industrial engineer in college, following in my father's footsteps and kind of doing what my parents wanted me to do. But um, in my 20s, I discovered that that wasn't really the path that made me happy. So I took pretty much what I was incredibly passionate about, which are a few different arenas that include food, travel, journalism, and writing books, and decided to put together a whole company that nowadays people are calling very similar to Martha Stewart Omnimedia, but with an Asian focus. Mm-hmm. And it brings together all of my different passions and skills that I've honed over the years into one, thankfully, very profitable company. Wow. And you've got some upcoming book projects as well. Did you want to share what those are? Because I'm just so inspired even by the title. Oh, thank you. Well, I actually had my first book published earlier this year, which was an Indonesian cooking book. And then my next three books, which have nothing to do with cooking, the next one is called Top Women Leaders of the 21st Century. And that's where I'm interviewing 25 amazing women around the world that range from uh, global CEOs to politicians to political activists and such. 
And then the next book is called Culinary Gods of Asian America. Similar to Top Women Leaders, I'm interviewing the top 25 Asian chefs in America. And then the last book is a historical fiction called The Shanghai Legacy, which is uh, loosely based on the true story of my great-great-grandmother in China. Wow. So, yeah. That's just incredible, particularly when you look back to that you were an engineer and now you're writing all these amazing books and the fact that, you know, it is something that you've done. You took the steps, you took the courage and living your passion, which is something that I'm sure you have also heard many people say, I'd love to do that, but I just don't know how. So, congratulations Mm -hmm. for doing that. Thank you. What advice would you give to other young women, you know, aspiring to become entrepreneurs that perhaps are back where you were some time ago when you were still, you know, engineering and thinking, oh, I really don't enjoy this? Well, I think one of the biggest misconceptions that people have about entrepreneurship is that you have to kind of jump in right away and give up everything that you're doing right now. So, I mean, obviously, that's not the logical way to go about things all the time. I would suggest a lot of people who do have certain passions and want to become an entrepreneur to stick with what they're currently doing if that's what pays the bills because we do have to be pragmatic. But at the same time, you're going to have to make the sacrifices of kind of venturing in the evening and weekends when you have that free time to develop skills in whatever your passion is if you don't have enough of those skills. And then once you do, then you have to really just work on it in the spare time and develop it. It's not really necessary to just quit everything and make dramatic life changes in that moment. I mean, that works for some situations, but it's not always necessary to do that. So it can be done in baby steps. Mm. I like the way that you said that and, and prior to being and transitioning to a business coach and now to the host of uh, this show, I was a career coach and one of the things that we often would speak to clients about, which is exactly what you've just alerted to, was what we call a portfolio career where there are a mm-hmm. number of different options that someone is doing and because of that variety, they're able to tap into their passion, which may not be generating a lot of income, but it's still something they're building, they're expanding on and eventually when it gets to a stage where it is supportive and you know that they then are able to step into it full time. Is that what you did? Because I know that in your bio you were talking about being now a a journalist. So did you go back Mm -hmm. and do studies within that area? I've actually studied writing since well, really, honestly, from elementary school and I continued that throughout college. So I never actually gave up learning that skill. But you know, during my engineering years, working in engineering, I wasn't able to do it that is that much because of my work hours. But again, like I just said, spare time, whether that's a few hours a week or more than that, I was constantly at it late night. And this is a sacrifice that we have to make in pursuing passion. And this is what I always tell a lot of friends and supporters who ask me how I did it, is that you have to, again, still be pragmatic but never giving up the persistence to make those dreams come true. Mm. I think if you're going to think of following passions kind of like a Cinderella story, that's when it begins to get very difficult and potentially fail. You have to kind of attack it in that logical manner. How am I going to get through these steps? What are the steps to achieve that dream in still a realistic manner? Because obviously we all have bills to pay. And you can't just stop working in most cases to go gallivanting and follow your dreams. So 
there are steps that we can take, and everything, I believe, is very, very possible and within reach if you think about it in as logical a manner as possible without giving up that passion. For yeah. And so when you look back to when you started to really put together the steps and take action on those, how long did it take before you really started to generate all these amazing products and now, of course, your TV show, product lines, websites? How long over that time frame? What was the time frame? Well, from the moment that I decided engineering was not going to be the rest of my life, probably a good almost 10 years. So mm. it's definitely not an overnight success. I mean, there were many, many nights of tears and sweat and just working incredibly hard. I've been running on four hours of sleep for quite a few years. Wow. And, you know, now, thankfully, it's really begun to pay off and seeing one dream after another come true in my various endeavors. But to think that anything is easy or overnight is a huge fallacy. Yeah. People don't think about that, that whatever success they see of people who are already successful, it is never overnight. They just don't see what's behind the story. Yeah, and I think that's so true because how often do you hear people say about successful people, well, it was easy for them. They, you know, I I have got so many problems and this happens and that happens. But you know what? These people had the drive, they had the determination, the commitment, all of the things that you've spoken about. So what Mm -hmm. were a couple of the steps? Because I know for people, you know, the listeners today, she's thinking, well, that's fantastic. I mean, I can't even imagine having a multimedia company that includes a TV show, product lines and websites. What were the couple of Uh first steps that you made that really supported you in generating everything else later on down the years? Right. So one of the first steps was getting a book agent, which is one of the hardest things to do if you're trying to write quality books. I still kept, much like uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald, I love that story of how he uh, kept 400 of his rejection letters as wallpaper. I might do that one day. But (laughs) I actually have kept, I have close to 100 rejection letters from publishers and agents when I first started pitching my first book, which incidentally was historical fiction, not the cookbook. But finally, I found a fantastic agent who really saw my potential in everything that I was doing. And that's another lesson right there is that the first book that I pitched, which was done completely, was not the first one that got picked up. So sometimes we have to accept the first deal that comes along if that opens other doors. Uh, and as long as it's within your passion, I think that's just fine. Sometimes it's necessary. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, about 100 rejection letters that I still have. And there were very tough moments when I thought, well, maybe I'm just a terrible writer, but my passion kind of set all that aside and I didn't care (laughs) I was a great writer or not by people's opinion it's what I woke up for on a daily basis it's what made me smile inside and lifted my spirits and I knew that's what I was meant to do so Mm. I just can't give up Luckily, it's paid off since then. Yeah. A hundred rejection letters. I mean, that's just incredible. I can't recall which author it was, but this particular author is just now renowned all over the world and yet was knocked back as well. And you sort of think, 
goodness, wouldn't you like to walk back into some of those agents or the publishers' offices now? And pretty sad you didn't support me back then, did you? But you just don't know. But this is such a success story. Yeah. So with the books then, from there, did you then create the TV show? Did you sort of just think, wow, we could really take this medium now and, and create the, the visual element and, and really connect with people through the TV medium? Is that what happened or how did that come about? It's a little bit longer than that. Well, after the book got published and then other opportunities came along, other publishers came knocking for the other books that I wanted to write. And then also some of the major TV networks in the United States kind of have been following my progress, building my platform over the past couple of years. And in speaking to some of these key executives in the TV networks, I started talking about a particular kind of show that I wanted to do, which is focused on interviewing just really phenomenal Asian people around the world, whether the top chef or a politician or a global CEO, just people who are doing really phenomenal things within their fields and, you know, having a positive message in their communities but also tie it in with food. So a lot of these networks asked me to film my TV pilot, which I just did in September. And now, very happily, we are in discussions, negotiations with a couple of different networks here in the US. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. You said something, and I'd love to find out a little bit more about what you meant by that. You said, building my platform. Other people started to notice you. What sort of things were you doing to build that platform? And what was the platform? Well, it started off with my two websites. One is the personal site, and the other one is more about Asian fusion in general, which is the company name, um, you know, where people can find some of my recipes, reviews that I've done since I've become known as a food and travel critic. I've done a lot of reviews of hotels and restaurants and products and things like that. So that was one side, the websites. That's really important for nowadays, as I'm sure you're well aware and a lot Mm. of your listeners are well aware to be recognized as a legitimate brand nowadays. You can't afford not to have an online presence and a a solid one at that. Beyond that, my publishers, who had an interesting time with me in the beginning, I was known as a very private person, they forced me to go onto social media. And it was a little (laughs) bit difficult at first. Again, being a very private person, I was a little uncomfortable sharing personal thoughts across Facebook and Twitter. But once I got into it and saw a lot of the support from fans around the world, um, it became a really enjoyable process to where it is today. And I think one of the most rewarding things especially on Twitter, is receiving messages from fans in all parts of the world saying how much I've changed their lives. And that, to me, is just astounding because all I'm doing is sharing my daily life experiences um, Mm -hmm. and trying to impart whatever uh, positive thoughts I can that I struggle with on a daily basis in a real manner. And a this has had a huge impact on people as far places as India and Singapore and uh, Malaysia, Indonesia. So that is just something that now makes me want to go on Twitter to see the positive effect mm. that I'm having. So and it's I think more than friend. Yeah, and I think that's so true because when you really are connected to your passion and something that you enjoy so much, you inspire others just through sharing that journey, I think, and people can really learn from those messages but also allow it to impact their lives and I think it's incredible. I mean, just think of those technologies that we have at our fingertips now to be able to connect with people all over the world. It's just incredible, isn't it? It is, very much so. So, I mean, 
obviously you inspire others. You've just said that and getting comments on Twitter and so forth, which is just incredible. I wonder who inspires you? Do you have people that you admire? Who are some of those people? Because I'm sure way back when you first started, there were people that you were following that inspired you. Who would they be? That's pretty easy. The first and foremost is my father. Since a very, very young age, I actually wanted to be him. (laughs) Looking at him build his business into what it is today, starting from absolutely nothing, and he's an engineer. It's just astounding to me, the, the love and support that he's given me and my siblings, and showing us by example what it means to have the courage to have limitless dreams and to pursue that with dedication and constant hard work. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is someone who I saw from my entire childhood and teenage years run on little sleep, and it was out of passion for engineering. It's not a passion that I necessarily share, but I understand his passion for that. And he really loved his work, as you know, not, of course, nearly as much as he loved his family, but the work was a means for him to spend time with his family. And he showed us what it was to balance that, the two passions. And he never takes no for an answer, at least not in business. So Mm -hmm. this is a huge lesson for me throughout my life. In terms of other figures, two people that have had a big impact on me, Warren Buffett on a business level, what people hold in high regard for his success. I think a lot of his lessons are just astounding, really, what he's accomplished, how he managed to accomplish that, and... The way he lives pretty frugally now, being the number two or number three richest man in the world, I find it incredibly inspiring that someone of that caliber still drives the same car, lives in the same house. So this indicates to some degree that this is a person who followed passion. He didn't do what he did just for the sake of financial success. And the other one would be His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, mm-hmm. got me through some very tough times early in the earlier years. And this is someone that I feel is incredibly successful as a human being with everything that he's had to go through. I can't think of anybody else who's gone through <laughs> such difficulties on a global level, on a political and religious level, just to want to be himself. Mm-hmm you know, and share his passion for Buddhism and his lessons with the world. So, yeah, these would be the three people that have had a profound impact on me. Yeah. You said, you know, with the story of of your father, I mean, just what an environment to be nurtured in, to grow up in and to see and have that be passed down to you and and you now being able to impart what you've learned as a child into your own business and and day-to-day activities. And I know as an entrepreneur, we're often doing so many things, got lots of ideas on our our minds and different projects and balancing, you said that, you know, balancing Mm -hmm. the two passions and being mindful of body, spirit and soul and so Mm -hmm. forth and, and working. What are some of the things that you do to ensure that in your busy schedule, you're still, you know, maintaining your physical wellness and, and so forth. Because I know that as ambitious entrepreneurs, it can get really busy. So yeah. what are some of those things that you do to look after yourself? First of all, I do eat very well. I'm a big supporter of eating healthy. Uh, so that means, of course, a lot of fruits and vegetables. And I think that definitely impacts my physical well-being. Another thing that I do is meditation even if it's 10 or 15 minutes a day. I wish I had more than that, but Mm -hmm. most days, that's all I can get. It's better than nothing, and those few minutes makes all the difference in just 
finding that quiet moment and shutting everything down. No technology, no phones ringing, <laughs> and just you know having a moment to myself to think and just be at peace. And sometimes not to think at all, just be at complete peace. Mm. And it helps in the next day to remember what it is that I'm doing, why I'm doing it, to care for and respect everybody that I come into contact with. Yeah, those yeah. are two. Those are so very important things. And I know as women entrepreneurs, what we tend to do is we can juggle lots of different things. And one of the things that I often say to people is just because you can do 20 things at once doesn't mean that you should. When you look back through the years, as you got busier and busier, did you find that you reached out and got a support team behind you? Because one of the things I often find with women as they are starting to get more successful, they're not outsourcing, they're not looking after themselves and therefore, unfortunately, they can find themselves really wearing down. Do you want to just share some words and wisdom around that? I am very often feeling like an octopus with eight (laughs) hands. That's something I understand very well. And it's actually just recently that I finally agreed to assemble a much-needed team on my product lines, which I knew was coming in the long run anyway, but I decided to do it sooner than later. It is necessary, I think, as a leader to be able to delegate appropriately. One of the strengths as a leader that I think is very vital is to be able to recognize our own weaknesses and strengths, right? So if we don't delegate properly, there's nothing that's going to be on a global scale that we can achieve on our own. There's no amount of success that we've ever achieved that is completely on our own. I, I don't believe that. Whether it's support from my father, support from friends, colleagues, Everybody who had a positive impact on me in one way or another is involved with one type of success or another in my life. Mm. So, yes, it's extremely important to delegate at some point. And that, when we learn that as women, and I'm not a mother yet, I hope to be one day, I would think that would be one of the most key skills to have is to delegate appropriately. Yeah. So important. I know as I've been building a business over the one of the reasons I started that my business many years ago was because I had a family. And I tell you what, it's such a blessing to be able to juggle both and teach those lessons. As you've had, you know, lessons be taught by you through your father, you can then pass those on to your children as well, which is just incredible lessons to be able to share, I think, you know, and really be able to inspire people to say, you know what, if you've got a dream, if you've got a passion, you've got the determination and you're willing to do the work you can achieve anything I think is just incredible look I've just loved listening to your story I mean you've really just everything that you've spoken about today I think is so inspiring what's in store for you in the future you got some upcoming product lines or so what else is in store for you (laughs) so the product lines to begin with we have a frozen food product line which is hopefully based on very healthy eating introducing that to the American market first which I believe is much needed in this country Hair care and skin care line, also based on organic products. And then the TV show is one of the biggest things that I'm working on right now. So between launching the product lines, the TV show, working on book number two and three, I've got my hands pretty full. <laughs> I was going to say, is that all you're doing? <laughs> and of course, I was being, yeah, wow, just, just yeah. incredible. And look, you said that they're targeting the US market. Are there any plans at all to have some of those food and hair and skincare product range uh, sent over to Australia at all? Or would that maybe be oh, in the future? Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Sometime in the near future, not too long in the future, I've always wanted to expand into Australia and Asia, and that's definitely in the plans. So yeah. We're just starting here first because it's where I happen to reside right now, and it's you know it's an excellent market for our particular products. And there's not much competition for the exact products that we do. So yeah, definitely. Well, definitely my TV show will be shown in Asia and Australia. Yeah. Fantastic. It's been a while since I've been to Australia. <laughs> oh, well, look, if you ever come back down, we're down south in, in Melbourne, but if you ever make your way down there, please let me know. It's, it would be lovely to connect and in person. So for people listening today who've just loved your story and who may be sitting there thinking, gosh, I would just love to be able to, to do something like that, and they'd want to know a little bit more information about you, find out more about your products and your upcoming product lines, what's the best way they can get in contact with you? Well, they can reach me through either one of my websites, AsianFusionGirl.com or Asian-Fusion.com. Either one, there's contact information on there. That would be the best way. Fantastic. Good, good. So we'll put all of those links on our show blurb as well. So again, that's AsianFusionGirl.com and Asian-Fusion.com as well. And for those of you who are listening to our iTunes channel, we know we've got a lot of you who, who listen from your smartphone devices and other MP3 devices. Get on over to our website. We want to hear from you. What has Dina inspired you to do? Perhaps you might be working full-time for someone else, yet you've had a dream just like she did those many, many years ago. Look where she is now. She has a multimedia company that has an upcoming TV show. She's got product lines. She's got websites. She's working on her second and third book. If she hadn't have taken the courage, the courageous step, we certainly wouldn't be discussing all these amazing achievements. What action are you going to take? And of course, let us know. Our Twitter handle is at the ambitious pod at the ambitious pod and I know that Dina is also on Twitter and you can include her in your tweet to let us know what action step you're going to take and her Twitter handle is at Asian Fusion Girl at Asian Fusion Girl so let us know we'd love to hear from you what are you doing in your life in your business to combine passion and uh, achieve your dreams once again thanks for coming on the show Dina it was such an inspiration to hear your success stories Thank you so much, Anne-Marie. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Hi, this is Anne-Marie Cross, business coach and marketing mentor for ambitious women entrepreneurs with today's mindset tip. Does giving up look like the only option? It's not. Even the largest acorn tree grew from a small seed, so stay strong. So if you're struggling in your business or you're not generating the outcome that you'd hoped for, then don't give up. If you've got the right systems in place, the right structure in place and the right marketing strategies in place and you're consistently following these and implementing these in your business, you will generate the results that you're looking for. It's just a matter of keeping on going and doing the things that are working well and keeping your eyes focused on your dream. So stay strong, stay committed, keep taking those consistent action steps and soon you'll be able to create the business of your dreams. been listening to the ambitious entrepreneur show do you want to promote your business to tens of thousands of other ambitious entrepreneurs both nationally and internationally i invite you to reach out and learn more about our customized sponsorship packages by emailing be a sponsor at ambitious network.com that's be a sponsor at ambitious network.com and we'll send you out further details 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.